You guys, it is Super Bowl Sunday. And I have a confession to make. I do not like football. I mean, I am a sports fan, but I hate to disappoint people like, like Connor, college football player in our midst, and I'm sorry, I have tried. But I appreciate it. I appreciate the Super Bowl because sports fans are entertaining in and of themselves, right? I'll hang out with sports fans. Some of them can be obnoxious, but there's some good ones out there. I found some photos of some really great categories of sports fans. So the first one I have is fans who dress up. Anybody? Are you a face painter out there? Somebody. Anybody done the full body? I don't know. Don't want to know. Okay, but look, I did choose the Bengals fans. See how they're dressed. Incognito. Sad face. Okay, the second category we've got here, we've got fans with entertaining signs. I'm just going to let you take those in. Just take them in. I found them funny. I did, I, <laughs> there was a number of ones from Hunter Pence. I found out that there was this whole season. Sorry, I know, just made everybody laugh. Um, there was a whole season where I guess the Mets fans started it and found all these different insults. There was also Hunter Pence Camp Parallel Park. Um, Hunter Pence still has a blockbuster card. There was a number of them to choose from, but cereal and pork, I like that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow that one. And finally, we have famous fans. Look at these good looking people up here. Drake, Ashley Judd, Peter from Hunger Games. And you know what? I am among them. See what they all have in common? Oh yeah, Kentucky basketball fans. Now that, that's a fan I can get behind, guys. These are the people I roll with. Just wanted you to see. Just wanted you to see. But sports fans, yes, there's a camaraderie there. When I go to Rupp Arena, it is contagious, guys. I wish you could feel it with me. Tickets are limited. I still have season seats. Come see me later. But when you are there and there's a, there's a slam dunk, we are killing Louisville. I mean, we are all in it together, guys. I said I don't love football, but somebody gave me Bengals tickets one time, and, and you just can't help but root for them when you're there. I mean, it's contagious. You're, you're high-fiving people you don't even know. There is something that brings people together in sports. And that kind of contagious attitude, that everybody going for one kind of goal, that's the feeling I want us to look at our scripture today. We're going to be in Acts today, Acts 11. Page 780, if you're using a Bible there in the pew, or head on over to Acts 11 at some point. We're looking at the way the first church began. And that's camaraderie there, right? They're working toward the same goal. And so I want us to see what that bond did for people in their midst. We're going to start with verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Now let's pause right there. If you were with us a few weeks ago, Stephen, we started out the year realizing that he was the first Christian to be killed for his faith. And when that happened, it set off a whole wave of persecution where the believers, they needed to get out of town. They were being put in prison, their lives are being threatened, and they scattered. So all these locations are all the different places that they went. But God used that for good because they started to tell the message of Jesus. 
So first, they were telling their fellow Jews, and that's great. And then let's read in verse 20, the other group they started to tell. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So that is another group of people that some were willing to share their faith with the people in their community. And some were willing to go beyond the people that they knew and to reach out to Gentiles. Just last week, we talked about Peter receiving a vision from God to show him that yes, his good news was for all people. That while Peter grew up and lived in a Jewish household and followed and was part of the Lord's people, God reminded him that he is for everyone, that Jesus is for everyone, Jew and Gentile. And so Peter was called to a new section of his ministry. And right now we see that people had traveled to Antioch and believers were doing the same thing. God's spirit was moving in them and realizing that, yes, this good news can be shared wherever we go. We're fleeing persecution and yet they weren't afraid to share their faith there. This city of Antioch It was the third largest city in the Roman Empire at the time. So just think of the opportunity. 300,000 people lived here. And that was a chance to share the good news of Jesus with so many people. That's the thing about cities. It brings us together. One of our values here at Echo Church is city because that's where we are. We're located here in a city and hopefully we realize that it's an opportunity. We interact with so many different people here in Cincinnati. We have that opportunity to shine Jesus's light to a lot of people here. And that's what happened in Antioch. Now, they were, verse 20, it just says they were telling the good news of Jesus. And that came naturally. Because when you share your excitement, when you are a fan of something, you wanna tell people about it, right? Whether they wanna hear it or not. And that is called evangelism. Now you hear words like evangelism, and I don't know if you're like me, but I think that sounds like for like the expert Christians out there. That sounds like a a church word that I can't relate to, but that's all it is. It's being excited about faith and sharing it with someone. I mean, fans do it all the time. Like my friend Sarah, super into hockey. She invited me to a Cyclones game and I'm like, oh, I like hockey, maybe I'll become a fan of the Cyclones. It's just real easy, it's, it's not an intimidating thing. Because I don't know, when I think of evangelism, at first I'm tempted to think of, have you seen the guy in Cincinnati who's at events and he's on the bullhorn and he's telling everybody they're going to hell? Sometimes we think of evangelism that way and I don't love that method, but when I'm able to just have a relationship with a friend, when I'm able to listen to what they're going through and maybe, maybe find the right time to just say I'll pray for them or kind of bring up the fact that, okay, well, when I'm down, here's where I go. I have to tell you, it's not easy. I'm standing up here. I can talk to you guys because you came in here. So I assume you're okay hearing about Jesus. But it's a lot scarier out there. But yet, that word evangelism, that sharing your excitement about Jesus It can be natural. It can be the way that God created you. 
It's just about sharing a piece of him a little bit more to the people around you. However we share Jesus' love is a good thing. So just think about you and your life and just think, how can you share that excitement of Jesus this week? Let's move on in Acts 11 and we're gonna look at verses 22 through 26. News of this, this being how people were believing in Antioch, reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Barnabas, I know we've talked a little bit about him in a couple of our previous studies, but let's go back to Acts chapter four. When we first meet Barnabas, we actually find out that that wasn't his name at all. His name is Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus. And it says the apostles were the one that gave him this nickname, son of encouragement. What a great nickname. Wouldn't you want people to give you that kind of nickname? I'm like, he sounds like a kind of guy I wanna hang out with or be like. And I love here in this verse where it says, he was full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Doesn't he just sound like this great person you wanna hang around? Like he went to the apostles in Jerusalem and spoke up for Saul and said, I believe he is a Jesus follower. He's just the best friend that you want by your side. And I love that encouragement. Because when you are excited about something and you love something, you encourage other people along for the ride. If you're a fan, let's put this in real terms. If you're a fan of something, you might wanna encourage your fellow fans. I happen to live in a household with two Manchester United soccer fans. And when Steve and Kaylin are out in anywhere in public and see someone with a Man United shirt on, they yell, Man, you! They just want to encourage, right? And I've seen the encouragement they've offered to Mikey. They have tried to convert him from a Liverpool fan, but he's not having it. But they try, they try. There's a lot of encouragement that we can give as fans. But in the same way, this encouragement is called discipleship when we look at it in faith. And that's another one of those words that can kind of seem intimidating um, or confusing, but it's basically what Barnabas did here. He heard about people who were new believers. And so he went there. He left Jerusalem and went to the church there and was like, okay, you guys have decided to follow Jesus. Now what? So he not only lived among them, he realized, hey, my friend Saul would be really good at encouraging them too. He could really teach them. He could help them in their next steps of faith. So we went and got Saul and they spent a year with these new believers. And that's what we need in life. When we're ready to take the next step of our faith, even if we don't know that, we can all keep growing no matter at what level we are. But it takes an encourager to walk beside us. And I wanna ask you, have you realized that you need somebody to walk beside you? Have you asked somebody to pray with you? Maybe to meet together, 
to encourage you in your faith. But guess what? No matter where you are, there's someone else who is newer to this Jesus thing than you are. So at the same time, are you intentionally building relationships and reaching out and asking if someone else needs you to walk along with them? Because discipleship, we all need to be being discipled and discipling others at the same time. Sidebar, did you notice in the very last verse of this section, verse 26, it says they were first called Christians. I don't know if you've noticed, but in this whole book of Acts and as this church has started, this word hasn't been used yet. We use it all the time, but this was a new term. And from what they can tell, they don't think the people of Antioch necessarily called themselves this. It seems to be a new label given because you had Jewish people and Gentile people living in a unified community in Antioch. And the historians say that 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 seemed to be rare, that there was not this tension. But they kind of called themselves, well, we're Jews that believe in Jesus. And I don't know what the Gentiles called themselves, but the people around them started to notice a new team forming. And so they called them Christians. Let's finish our section. Let's finish out the chapter here together. Verse 27 of Acts chapter 11. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Now, we do see in historical records that under Claudius, there was three different famines that affected the Roman Empire. So this did come true. And, and a prophet spoke from the Lord to share this news with Antioch. And why why would that be a big deal? Antioch is 300 miles away from Jerusalem. That's like Cincinnati to Chicago. Why would they care? Because Jesus died and rose in Jerusalem. The church began in Jerusalem. So that was the spiritual heritage of these new believers. And I love that when we read at the beginning of Acts, when the whole church thing started, it said they lived together and shared everything they had, where they lived, the food, their resources, their money. And so Jerusalem had already lived out this sharing aspect as believers together. And now new Christians 300 miles away are hearing about they're gonna be in trouble. And maybe they didn't have a lot, but it said each of them took what they did have to give and sent a gift because they knew their brothers and sisters living miles away needed some help. Now, when you think about believers sharing together in hardship, I really saw groups of people sharing in hardship this past week because last Sunday afternoon, we all heard the news that Kobe Bryant, his daughter, 13 years old, two other teenagers on her team and other people in the, were killed in a helicopter crash. Now, I wasn't a huge Kobe fan or follower, but it still struck me. I think it struck me the most to see his young daughter. Some friends of ours, their 13-year-old actually plays in that league 
and has talked about playing um, against her and meeting what a, what a great encouragement that, that these two were in their lives. And I watched people I know online just suddenly in deep grief. But the other thing I saw was people that they didn't even know commenting and it suddenly seemed like there was this community forming over this hardship that they felt. And they say, you know, he was a huge star in China and you could see posts and memorials and things going up for this family. But Kobe's wife, Vanessa, posted this week and this was her reaction. She started a fund for all the other families who were affected because she knew not just her family lost someone that day. And so she was encouraging all those who were fans to come together and to support the other families who weren't as famous in that helicopter that day, to encourage those and provide funds and resources for those who were mourning. Because the reality is when hardship hits, we've all felt it. We worry about finances at times. And the people of Antioch, they just said, I don't have a lot, but here's what I have. And I think it's neat that here in Echo Church, we may not, over the years, we've been able to provide some encouragement for other churches, for other individuals who have faced hardship. And we could say, we don't have a ton, but here's what we have. But the only way that's happened is because you all here have contributed to that. And maybe you don't even think of yourselves as such, but every piece of ministry that's done through Echo Church in this city, in our outreach events, to local and foreign missionaries, it's all because we've, we come together. And I wanna thank you because in 2019, we saw more generosity that came in here than we have in the past several years. So sharing our resources, that's generosity. And it's a call to being a Christian. It's a part of our faith. It's an awkward one. We don't like to talk about money all the time, but yet we're called to contribute. And we know that things need resources in order to happen. So a piece of our faith is to give and say to God, where do you want me to use what you have given me? And I will trust that you will keep providing. Because that's what's scary. It's scary to let something go and not know what you have for tomorrow. But that's a piece of our faith to grow in that way. Because evangelism and discipleship is funded by generosity. They all work together. And we can see it all here in this beautiful picture. I just love reading this scripture over and over this week just to see and feel this community coming together to feel lifted up, to feel encouraged. And that's what, that's what Christianity should be. That's what the church should be. That's what we hear as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's how it should feel here. And I hope that you feel that, that you are contributing to that. I want you to share your excitement, your encouragement and your resources with one another, but mainly because the whole point of it is Jesus. I have more hope every day because Jesus is in my life. 
I have hope because I know that the ways that I mess up over and over again, he is forgiven. And I want other people to know that as well. And I hope you do too. So I want to ask, are you truly a fan of Jesus? If so, how are you sharing it? Let's pray. God, we thank you for being here among us. We trust that you are working in ways we cannot see, just as we sang this morning. We trust you. We trust that you are sharing in our joys and you are sharing in our hardships. And so you have created us to live together as a community of believers. And we pray that just as excited as we may get about our hobbies or our interests, about sports or anything else, that we would have a passion for you and that that would show through in our lives. Help us to tell others about your love. Help us to encourage other people on their journey of faith and help us generously live our lives that you get the glory. It's in your name we pray, amen.